0: Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's message of the week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit lifechurchstpeters.com. Saying here this morning to us, which is not what I had planned on. And I am so thankful. So, if I can, where's Lucy? Could I have Lucy come back up here? Could I have Mike come back up here? I have Laura come back up here I'm gonna ask them to be instant and season and out and I'm gonna ask them to be briefer and more amazing than they were earlier but I would like Laura could you could you just put in words what you felt like the Lord gave you out of Esther real quick
1: um, God gave me
2: literally just I mean there's nothing that we can't face when God is on our side No matter how big or How small it is um, Yeah Okay um, That's all I can say Amen,
0: that's perfect
2: Because <laughs> I mean, i tell you, I'll say one more thing
0: Okay, please uh, <laughs> See, it works like that in my home too
2: Um. I tell you, if you, if you're, if you have a relationship with the Lord, um, don't take it for granted. Um, don't take your spouse for granted. If you're married, if not, then you're single. Don't take God for granted. Um, because he is, he is real. He is transparent. He's not just some made up thing. I don't know. I'm going to stop.
0: Okay. Amen. Michael?
3: I think the heart of it was just the reality that we so often are in warfare. We don't view it that way. We are in life day to day and we don't really see it for what it is. And I think the scripture awakens us at times to the fact that, oh yeah, we're in a spiritual battle. It's not just that we live naturally day to day and, and it's just natural things that are upsetting us. No, there is a spiritual battle. And the powerful name of Jesus is there. It's available for us to use, and we should use it. We should take down the strongholds that are occurring in our lives and not be dull, but be sharp, ready to fight, ready to use those tools, those weapons that the Lord has given to us in our daily lives. Amen. Amen.
4: So the word that I shared was one that the Lord was giving me during worship today. And so I at first thought it was just for me (laughs) and I was very thankful, but um, I really felt like the Lord was saying that we get our eyes stuck on all those things that we're facing, very real things in our lives, and that we need to look above and beyond and around and to the word, to fight those things, to speak those things, and speak life to ourselves while we're doing that, and allow the Lord to saturate us with his life.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you. So what I'd like to do is have you open your Bibles to Second Kings chapter 6. If you have electronic, just start pushing buttons. My wife's paper will start fluttering in a moment. Second. Kings chapter 6. This is a powerful story about the people of God in conflict, the people of God in war. And there is an amazing prophet named Elisha, one of the main prophets as noted in the Old Testament. And Elisha hears God. He understands that God is at work, and he listens, and it's helping Israel. And I think what I heard from uh the three contributions coming this morning is our our battle is not against flesh and blood so much and sometimes we can be so dull and we just accept the things that are happening to us and we tolerate them we live with them we accommodate them in our life but god doesn't want us to be dull he doesn't want us to um just live as the world lives but to have our eyes open to see what's really happening and then Use our weapons that God has given us, our spiritual warfare. And this is a a very short story, 2 Kings chapter 6. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power of the word of God. I thank you that you've given it to us to understand how the kingdom of heaven works, to understand your heart, Father, to understand how much you love us. To understand that we're not in a, in a gunfight with a water pistol. But Father, you've given us weapons in order to live in this world and to overcome, to have success, to find you in the midst of trouble. Thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help my, me help five people here, nine people, 19 people here this morning that may be in a battle. Some of them a battle for their life. Some of them a battle for a loved one's life. Father, that we would use the weapons of warfare that you have given us. And not just fret and be anxious and complain or say what the world is saying. Or say, even say what the devil is saying. But Father, we would say what you're saying. Yes, that our eyes would be open. We would be alert. Father, I thank you that you're with us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in us. Help us to see what's really going on and how we can have success, how we can be the overcomers that you said we are. Father, we we choose you. We choose your word. We choose to trust in your word and your ways. Thank you for bringing the kingdom of heaven, Lord, into this world that we might overcome. 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning in verse 8. I'll be reading from the NIV. Now the king of Aram, bad guys, was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, that's Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? Basically, there's a spy in the land and our camp. He keeps telling this king of Israel everything that we're going to do. Who's the weasel? <laughs> Verse 12. None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. That's not fair. <laughs> but that's our God. Go. Find out where he is. Find out where Elisha is, the king ordered. So I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots And a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. So bad guys have now surrounded where Elisha is. Verse 15. When the servant of the man of God, when the servant of Elisha got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots has surrounded the city. Oh, no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Panic, fear, trouble. It's obvious and they're real. Chariots and horses, bears and lions. Oh my. Oh no, my Lord. What shall we do? Verse 18. I'm sorry, verse 16. Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Truth. And Elisha prayed. Here is a key. And Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. He's seeing beautifully. He's seeing full view. The only problem is he's only seeing the negative. He's seeing the reality. Because there really were horses, really were chariots, really were problems. He's not making it up. But he's only seeing naturally as the people in the world do. And how often I might if I'm dull in my senses. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hill's full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Lord, for every situation in this body this morning, for every person in this body this morning that is facing trouble. Not pretend trouble, not made up trouble, not anxiety over a nothing, but real trouble. Father, open my eyes, open the eyes of your sons and daughters to see the angels of God surrounding us, surrounding our situation open my eyes to trust in you, Lord, rather than my natural eyesight. That fear wouldn't overtake me. Anxiety wouldn't overtake me. That I wouldn't be doing the wrong things when I need to be doing the right things in the right time. Holy Spirit, help us to have the eyes of heaven. To see through lies. To see through what the enemy wants to put on me, the fear, the anxiety, the worry. They ca- want, may want to cause me to run or to take the world's options that the world gives me. But Father, I would move and step into what you call me to be, a son and a daughter of the Most High. Yes. To understand that we don't fight flesh and blood, as the scripture says. Spiritual principalities to take authority because we've been given authority. So, how do we do it? How do we do it? I think the first thing, really simple, is to pray, Lord, open my eyes, to recognize I I actually am a little fearful. I'm a little worried. I'm a little anxious. There are real things about me, very real things that have been working against me. I recognize the the unhealthy anxiety that's in me. And Lord, I want to change it. Open my eyes. That's my first thing. Open my eyes, Lord, that I could see what's really going on that it's not just a bad day, a bad season, a bad time in my life, but there's an enemy out against me that wants to destroy me, wants to destroy my family, wants to eat at my health, eat at my finances, eat at my relationships, eat at that person I love, wants to destroy my marriage, wants to destroy my children, wants to destroy my sister and my brother. Open my eyes, Lord, not just to accept what the facts may say, But Father, to say that your word supersedes everything that this world has to offer. So the first thing is, Lord, open my eyes. And the second thing, I just want to encourage those people who are in troubled situations. And I don't mean troubled situations. It's not like your car broke down. And I hate when my car breaks down. I don't minimize that but you realize you're in a troubled situation. Can I encourage me, can I encourage us to turn our hearts to the Lord and to seek his face? The Bible talks about even entering into times of prayer and fasting. It's not a magic trick, prayer and fasting. It doesn't, it's not pixie dust, but it actually clears my heart to hear and see. It takes away things so that things aren't bigger to me than God's word and God. Amen. It fine tunes me. It's like a radio and it's just off. You're, you're listening to 99.1. I'm not going to comment on that, but you're listening to 99.1. But your dial seems to be on 99.3 and it's in and out and it's static. Sometimes you're traveling along a highway and you're outside of a big city and it's kind of in and out and you're getting a little country western instead of 90. That's horrible. You're getting some local station, not what you want. Nobody wants country and western. Sorry. But what you're aiming for is 99.1. Prayer and fasting tunes my heart to hear fully and connect to the Holy Spirit what He's actually saying. It drowns out other voices in my life when I'm just a little off target. It focuses my mind and my spirit to hear the, the Holy Spirit. What is He saying? What is he saying? So the first thing, open open my eyes that I might see. Second, consider prayer and fasting. And the third thing, I'm just going to say it's so simple, but it's so easy for us to miss. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? If you're struggling, if you're in a battle, can I just encourage you? In fact, we read it at the very beginning. Psalm 91, what does the Bible say? Amen. And to begin speaking the word of God into your situation rather than what the doctor is saying, rather than what their reports are saying. What people are, I may lose my job. I, my health is in jeopardy. My, my brother, my son, my sister is in jeopardy. What does God say? Amen. Can I just encourage you how to do this? Let's just turn real quick to Psalm 91. We're just going to redo this real quick. Then I'm going to bring my beautiful wife up, here, wife up here. And we're going to celebrate the victory with communion. This is how I do this when I am in trouble. And I need to say what God is saying rather than what the enemy is saying. And listening to that, that off voice. And it always gives itself away because it ends in... Panic or fear or anxiety, depression, I can't sleep at night. Voices going, all those scenarios that could happen, wrong scenarios. Psalm 91, verse 1, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Whoever dwells, it's not like I'm going in drive-through window. I'm going to sit, Lord, at your feet, and I'm going to listen for your voice. I'm going to pray in tongues. If you have the gift of praying in tongues, I'm going to sit there, and I'm going to pray in tongues just to drown out all the voices. I'm not just going to come in for 30 seconds, put in my CD on the way to work. Lord, when I get home from work, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to have the TV off. Heaven help me for saying this. I'm going to turn Hillsong off, Bethel off. I'm just going to get before the Lord to hear his voice and pray. I'm going to dwell, which means remain, stay, be consistent. Don't be quick. I'm going to dwell in the shelter of the Most High. Why? Because I'm in a battle for my life or someone's life. I will say to the Lord, I'm going to speak, Lord. I'm going to say the truth. You are my refuge and my fortress. You're my God and whom I trust. This is what I do, folks. Surely, you will save me from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. You're going to do it, Lord. I trust you're going to give me wisdom. You're going to show me the way through. I'm trusting in you, Father. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. Lord, again, it it speaks of remaining. It speaks of lingering. It speaks of staying in this spot of just listening before you. And it goes on to say, you will not fear the terror of night. Lord, I I repent of allowing fear into my life. You say, I won't have to fear it. The arrow that flies by day, I'm not going to have to fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Lord, I'm not going to believe I'm going to get sick. I'm not going to believe I'm going to be another statistic. I'm not going to allow fear to run rampant in my mind. Yes, I'm going to be smart because you've given me a brain. It's like playing out in the middle of 270. I'm going to play dodgeball with the cars. Who does that? So I'm going to be smart with my health. I'm going to be smart with my life. But I'm not going to believe I'm going to get sick. A thousand may fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. But it will not come near me. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say again, Lord, I'm going to say, Lord, you are my refuge. And Lord, I make you the most high, my dwelling, which is where you live, where you remain. And if I can just say this, potentially, Maybe some of us need to have a time shift, an allotment of time instead of putting, reading great Christian books or reading things or having a Netflix, Netflix binge. Lord, I want to be with you. I want to listen to your voice. There's nothing wrong with Netflix. There's nothing wrong with reading Christian books. But what about, what about this? What about the Bible? Am I, am I? indulging myself with the Word of God. When was the last time I just spent an evening just reading the Word? Again, zero condemnation. But if I'm in a fight for my life, if I'm in a fight for peace, if I'm in a fight for life, what better place to sit with Him and dwell with Him? That's what Psalm 91 talks about, dwelling with Him, remaining with Him, spending time with Him, rather than five minutes in the morning. And off I go. Hi ho hi ho. But is remaining in the word of God and ingesting it and saying what he says. Is this making sense at all? Yes. If you say, well, what do I say? Say what the Bible says. That's what I say. If you, if I, if Tom says, the Lord is my refuge, and you make The most high your dwelling, then no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near my tent. For he, the Lord, will command his angels concerning you. This morning we had an amazing testimony about angels. Don, would you like to come and share a real quick testimony?
3: Easter, Easter service. I was standing back here during our worship. And um, I began to see angels. They were swirling around. There was a large circular column here that went up. And I realized later that was our praises going up to God. There were angels swirling in different parts of them. They were, um, they were clear. They had uh, silver stripes four inches down and, and back a little bit. And they were like, what's that word, tinsel? tinsel? They were shimmering all along them. And they were just swirling, joining our, our worship. And uh, their voices were high, high-pitched, higher than most women's. They weren't words; they were tones going up and down, up and down. And the thing that one of the things that, that surprised me so much was, it, it was it was quite loud because we were all singing. And they were they were supplementing us here and there. They weren't overpowering us, but every single note was in tune. It was just it was beautiful. I've heard good music, but this was so beautiful. And they were just joining with us, and I just stood back and watched for a while. I just watched; it was beautiful. And they were swirling different different groups, and they were just join with us. And um, Time really stood still. It could have been four minutes, it could have been one minute, but time had no meaning. And the, the the things in my life that had been bothering me, they weren't at the back of my mind. They didn't exist. They just weren't there. And I could have stayed there forever. And I just watched and watched and enjoyed. It was so beautiful. And there was overwhelming purveyance of, of God was so pleased with our worship he he was well pleased with our worship because these angels know God they've probably seen God stood in his presence Mm. if we were doing something that God didn't approve of they wouldn't be here that's right but it was just so wonderful and and I could have stayed there forever and and reflexively after a while listening I just prayed a a quick prayer said God remember so-and-so bring her into your kingdom and and before the, just the words were barely out of my mouth, the last, the last syllable, I heard a whoosh over on this side. And I looked over here, and there were eight or nine angels there differently. They were like dark clothes, a brown, gray, diff- dressed differently than these. And I had the distinct impression that two or three had been immediately dispatched to the person I prayed for. The, there was no time lapse from, from the last syllable, whoosh, they were gone. And I, then, I, then I just watched and, and, and enjoyed for a while, and then it faded after it was over, I, I asked God, why did you choose to reveal this to me? And he simply said, I didn't. And that tells me, seeing into the spirit world and hearing into the spirit world is available to every single believer. And just a little background on that, the last four months, I had just, I was going through a very difficult time, but I had walked away from TV, walked away from news every bit, and I just just focused on reading, devotions, reading the Bible, and listening to music. And that Maybe that has something to do with it. But uh, if, if you don't see these things, it doesn't mean you're less spiritual. God speaks to people in different ways. Some people speak words. Many of you have given me words. Sometimes more than one person a, a, a Sunday, and they line up with things going on in my life that I didn't tell anybody about. Many people here have words, and, and, and I benefit from that all the time. But it's available to every single believer.
0: Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Thank you, Don. verse nine of psalm ninety one if you say if Tom if I choose to say the Lord is my refuge and if Tom you make the most high your dwelling my my status my staying place my I, I, I'm remaining in his presence, then no harm will overtake me no disaster will come near my tent for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in All your ways, and they, angels, will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra, and you will trample the great lion and the serpent. And this is God's response. This is what He says back to me and you. Because you love me, says the Lord, I will rescue you, I will protect you, for you acknowledge my name. You will call on me and I will answer you and I will be with you in trouble and I will deliver you and honor you. With long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. That's what the Bible says. So there are people in this, in this family here today and you've been to the doctor recently and the doctor gave you a bad report. Now what he is saying, medically speaking, may be absolutely accurate. My question is, what does God say? I'm not denying the fact so often. If I have health issues or uh, financial issues or relational issues, I'm not denying the fact that they are there. there. There was a real army surrounding Elisha that day. Real horses, real chariots, real bad guys. It was accurate and true. You can't, all oh, believe them away. No, they're there. But Elisha the prophet said, no, 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 young man. What you need to understand is all of us that are surrounding them. Greater are the forces of God than the problems of the enemy. So it's not saying there's no enemy there. Oh, there is. And they want to lie to me to say they're in charge. They're greater. I'm just going to fall by the wayside. What does God say about my situation? Open my eyes. Hear his voice. Listen to what God is saying. So I'd like to do this. I'd like just to take just a few minutes. Because there are a number of people in here. See, now, Don, my voice is going up. Like the eight, huh? There's a number of people who are struggling in this body that I know of. And I guarantee you there's several more that I do not know about, but you do. And here's here's my question for me and for you. What does God say about your situation? Maybe your bank account. Maybe the words that your spouse, hurting words that your spouse said to you. Or your children said to you. Or hurtful words that your parents said to you. Real issue, real problems, real threats to your job, real threats to your health, real threats to the peace in your life. There are people in here who are, they have family members that are struggling. So do I melt away in a pool of tears and anxiety or do I turn to God and start saying what God says about my situation? It's a, it's a, for me, it's, it's a matter of life and death. How I respond to what God is asking me to do. Can I have Jared, if he's still here, I don't see him. Jared and Lindsay. Can I have Jared and Lindsay come up front, please? And I'm just going to have them. We're just going to worship for a couple minutes. I don't know if Lindsay is in here. And I just want them just to play. You know, if God gives you a song, go for that. But I'd just like this to take maybe five, ten minutes, and let's just listen quietly to what the Lord is saying. What is going on in your situation? What is happening in your, in your life? And just right now, just focus and say, Holy Spirit, I'm yours. I'm going to stop living in anxiety. I'm going to stop turn, allowing fear to have its way with me. Open my eyes, Holy Spirit, to see what's happening around me. How do I attack this battle? How do I win this battle? I'm going to have Randy come up in just a second. We're going to have communion Is a victory, a table set before our enemies, in the presence of our enemies, the table that Jesus presented for us. We're going to finish with that this morning. So just, if you can, just in the quietness of your heart, just close your eyes, try not to be distracted by all the things around, physically around you where your chair is, and just say, Lord, what do I need to have victory in? What's bothering me what's annoying me what is causing pain in my heart and identify what is the issue is there an army surrounding me right now that's taunting and saying you'll never make it you're not good enough you've had too many failures the situation you're in right now is actually your fault my fault and you deserve what you're going to get that's a taunt of the law, of the enemy it's a lie from hell but what, what is happening right now? Identify it. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are here, you're alive, you're present, and you have something to say about my situation. I hear, have heard the taunts of the enemy, the the lies of the enemy. And Father, I wanna hear your voice this morning. I wanna hear what you have to say about my situation, about a a strategy for my situation, a battle plan for my situation. It may be different than what Susie, different than what Bill did, but Father, I wanna hear your voice. I wanna trust in you, Father not in my logic, or everybody else's opinion around me. I wanna trust in you. Can I have Rick come up real quick? Come on up now.
2: I've never done this before, but I feel the Lord wants me to share this for somebody. In 1994, I was young and I had four babies. The youngest was 13 months old. And I was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer. The doctor told me, not that I was going to live or die, but that I had a 90% probability of not surviving. (laughs) Like, there's 10% chance of hope. And I had a young husband and babies. I wanted to know what God had to say about that. Everything he told me that he wanted to do, I would say, well, I'm going to pray about that first. And he would say, well, I don't see the point, but go ahead. I think I was a difficult patient. (laughs) But I went and I I stood on Psalm 91. I didn't watch TV for months. I did not listen to music. I read the Word. I listened to Dodie Osteen and Kenneth Hagin read healing scriptures over and over and over and over and over so they were so in me nobody could talk me out of it I knew that I knew that I knew God was going to heal me and he did and it's been 1994 26 years 27 years I had three babies after that which was impossible but God had a different plan and I know that healing is for today it's for now, and it's for every single person. I was no favorite. I was somebody who looked to the Word of God. I found it. I believed it, and He healed me.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.
0: I just—I had this. I woke up very early this morning, and I had this, this, um, this thought. And I'm glad He's here this morning. If you have a physical ailment in, in your body that is concerning you, you know, I'm, I'm 62 now. I know I look it. I'm 62 now and I have some aches and pains, some toes that curl. They go sideways. Yeah, sorry. It's just things. But I'm not talking about serious things, serious things. And I woke up this morning with this thought of people coming forward to get prayed for, uh, just with laying hands on them, anointing them with oil, and praying the prayer of faith. That's what the Bible says we do. Amen? If there's anyone sick, we anoint them with oil and lay hands on them. It's just as simple as that. So I woke up this morning, and I just felt, and I saw in my mind's eye, Mark Levesque praying for a lot of people. It was just, I just woke up with that thought, I didn't remember it until just now, so we're going to have communion in a few minutes, but I just like, Mark, could you come up to the front here, you know what, even better, could you go to the back, please? Yeah, anywhere back there. And if you are ill in your body, you are sick, the the doctor has given you a bad prognosis, and you're just you're concerned your wife is concerned your husband's concerned you're concerned your dad's concerned we can do a couple of different things we can just live with it potentially we can accept it accommodate it be with it or we can say father i'm going to choose what you say lay hands on the sick that they recover amen so if that is you i'm going to have you go towards the back mark is in the back And I would just like Mark to lay his hands on you. Mark, you don't have to spend 20 minutes with everybody. Say the word. Amen? Say the word. So if that's you, just make your way to the back right now. Just right now. It may be arthritic condition that's just hobbling you, diabetic, a, a, a blood disorder. Just make your way to the back. And the rest of us, and the line can go this way and that way, anyway. So we're not going to focus on, oh, my gosh, I wonder what's wrong with her. She's going to be fine in Jesus' name. Amen? So let's focus. Let's turn our attention right now and worship and just call on His name. Just pray. Rainy's going to be up in just a second. But Father, I ask right now in Jesus' name that you would heal these people in Jesus' name. We're standing on your word. We're believing what you say. Open our eyes to hear and see what you're doing. So we say be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Be healed and whole. We're just going to take just a second. We're just going to worship for a moment.
4: He's so good. So I had a six to eight minute little talk. But I think Holy Spirit has shown what He wants to say today, and I just want to read a short scripture out of 1 Corinthians Corinthians 11. We all know it. Verse 23 The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread, and when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same way, after supper, He took the cup, saying, 'This This cup is the new covenant in My blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes so he was telling his disciples this is something to do frequently you're going to do this regularly and when you do it remember me remember what I did remember the price that I I paid for you but I love this part that says you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes That's his victory. We're not just thinking about, you know, the crucifixes that have the the body of, of of a dead savior. No, no, there's no body on that cross. As Tom said earlier, we have the table of victory. We have the cup of victory. So as we take this today, remember that. It's almost like, in my head, I think of it almost like a toast. Jesus, I remember you, and I remember what you did. And your word says you died for my healing. And your word says that you died for my peace. And your word says you died for my salvation. And your word says that you are exactly like my father. And my father is a good father. And I remember you and what you did. And what you did is bigger than anything I face down here. So I do this today in remembrance of everything you gave. Everything you did on that cross. So hold your cup with the juice part on the bottom or else you'll have trouble and take out the little wafer part. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, thank you for this body that you gave for us. Every last drop of blood, every part of your body, you died just so we could have a relationship with our Father. Thank you. This juice that represents your blood, God, the the blood that you gave every single drop, the blood that contains life. The Old Testament is full of it. You said the life is in the blood. And as we take this, we take in your life. Thank you for what you did. Thank you for this cup.
0: So while still folks are being prayed for, I just want to be sensitive to that. Like I said, I was up early this morning and I was just listening to what God was saying. and I just had Psalm 91 rolling around in my mind all all morning, all night. And uh, there's some amazing people in this room. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Powerful people, gifted people, anointed people. And two of those people are Don and Barb Kassebaum. Many of us know them. If you're new to this church, you may not know them. But Don and Barb have been used powerfully by the Lord throughout their lives. They've probably been Christians 45, 50 years, I'm not sure exactly. But they, they've been used traveling the world in ministry. And I think what, this is probably one of Don's favorite passages. Psalm 91 and he just felt like when he woke up this morning at 3 in the morning that he was supposed to read this passage And so I'm just going to have this read one more time as a declaration Where it's pounding a stake into the ground father. This is what you say and what you say I say So I'm gonna have him read it and if you would just you know if you're if you're able you want to close your eyes put your hand on your chest and just let the Word of God wash over you. This is what God says. I know what doctors say. I know what finance says. I know what politicians say. I know what the news people say. I know what the weatherman says. What does God say? And I want to say what you say, Father. So I'm going to have Don read this. And like I said, you can put your hand on your heart. Close your eyes. Just declare this.
1: His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in, in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will will overtake you, no disaster will come your way, your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone you will tread on the lion and the cobra you will trample the great lion because because he loves and, and the serpent because he loves me says the lord i will rescue him i will proclaim i will protect him for he acknowledges my name he will call on me and i will answer him i will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God.
0: What we're going to have in the next few weeks is a lot more testimonies like we had from Peggy about he being healed from this and that because God is good, He's faithful to His word. He's a covenant-keeping God. Holy Spirit is powerful. And we trust in Jesus with all of our hearts. Amen. Again, still want to be sensitive to the folks back there. But what I'd like to do is uh, every week we pray for two different churches. So if you could just join with me, I'm just going to kind of quietly pray for two different churches. Father, I thank you for Grace Church. With Ron Tucker, Pastor Ron, I thank you for them. Thank you for what you've done in St. Louis and around the world through that church. We bless them. The presence of heaven overwhelm Grace Church this morning, this day. Father, I thank you, and I believe that you are catapulting that church forward to accomplish everything that you have in your heart for those people. We just speak health over Ron and his wife, his children, his grandchildren. Father, health. In Jesus name that that church would be one mind one vision one heart all for you that you would increase the boldness and courage of that man we bless him father that that church would have success father pray for element church right out here pastor Eric father I bless him in Jesus name that he would have success on every front they would have success on every front we bless them in Jesus' name. The power of heaven be amongst that body. Lord, that we would begin hearing testimony of revival breaking out at Element Church. It would be healings that the youth would be on fire for you, Father, and you would send them across the world as evangelists, teachers, apostles, pastors, teachers. Fill that church to the full that is brimming over and spilling over and to St. Charles County and Wentzville. We bless them, Father, in Jesus' name. Again, just want to be so sensitive of people being prayed for back there. Just in conclusion, my name is Tom Kyle. My beautiful wife is Randy. If you're a guest here this morning, this is really, really different. Than what we would normally do. You think, what are those people doing? We're not real sure. Um, but what we do like to do is listen to what Holy Spirit is doing. And when he takes us off of plan A, he takes us on to his plan. And so, yes, it's been different this morning. Uh, but we hope you encounter Jesus. We trust you heard his voice this morning and you've been blessed. Can I pray for us? Yes. Father, thank you that you are kind and you're merciful and you break in and you send holy spirit to break into our lives that we would see and hear what you're doing open our eyes this week lord i i want to dwell with you in a new way to remain with you to not quick up quick down and out with you lord i want to hear your voice father i trust your word father we trust your word it is our bedrock it's our foundation it keeps us from being adrift and uh, getting into weirdness or wrongness. Father, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to put my nose in the Word of God. I'm going to pray that I would understand what you're doing and what you're saying. Bless this amazing group of people. Every person that was prayed for here, Father, we speak life over them. We speak health over them. We speak prosperity and grace and peace and blessing over every single person. So Father, as we go about our day, we speak life into our families, life into extended families that aren't here this morning. Father, we say your word is true over every situation we face. We will trust in your unfailing love. And everyone said amen. Amen Amen and amen. Be dismissed, be great. Have a great week, thank you. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. For more podcasts and additional information, Visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.